She's passionate about the truth of God's word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is a best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 16 years, mom to four children, not to mention everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, hey guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show. I am so glad that you joined us today. Merry Christmas. I hope that you're having a great week. I know we are trying to over here. Thank you guys so much for downloading. It's amazing, amazing to see how many of you guys are downloading the podcast. Share it share it with a friend, subscribe to it. I would absolutely be so incredibly honored if you would. Listen, I've got some opening thoughts today and I want to get right to it. I've noticed and I have gotten lots of calls and text messages and prayer requests from you out there who just are struggling mentally right now. You're just struggling to get by. You are struggling with the events of this year, which I've talked about in great detail over the last several weeks. You are just struggling. You can't seem to get your mind on track. And this has been heavy on my heart in the last several weeks. And this weekend, we went shopping and, you know, Christmas shopping. And so we went to the mall and I'm walking around with Grace, who is 15 and is like, she recently told me, mom, our styles are just a little bit different. And I was like, okay, all right. So we're walking around and I'm buying them stuff for Christmas. And I have this huge bag because everyone needs me to hold stuff when we go to the mall, which is really annoying. But my hands are getting so heavy. Mind you, there are six people in my family, and all of them can hold bags at the mall and carry them around. However, the other day, I found myself having my purse, plus about six or seven bags. I'm toting around this mall, purchasing things for my kids. And I realized what I was doing. My hands were hurting. I was like, my arm was aching. I was like getting frustrated because I kept having to like change the bags or whatever, just so I would be comfortable. And it hit me. Why am I carrying all of these ridiculous bags? So one by one, I gave everyone in my family a bag and it lightened my load instantly. And then I gave my husband my purse because he's amazing and he will actually carry it around. So here I am walking through for like an hour. I'd carried all these bags and then all of a sudden I have nothing to carry. And it was wonderful. And I went and got like, you know, a pretzel at Annie Ann's and it was a great day after that. But that visual is in my mind today. For those of you that just feel mentally weighed down. And I feel like God has been speaking to me about this myself over the last, you know, year. That sometimes we pick up things and we carry things that God never ever asks us to carry. We'll carry them in our minds with a worry. We'll carry them with a fear in our minds. And God never asks us 
to carry those things around in our mind. And because he hasn't asked us to carry them, we don't have the grace to carry them. And we find ourselves bogged down mentally. It was such a visual picture for what I've been feeling the other day when I have all of these bags that I'm carrying and not once did I ask any of my family members to carry any of them. I never asked for help. I just walked around carrying these ridiculous bags. And once I started giving those bags away, now this is a ridiculous example, but yet I think we can all relate to this in one form or another. Once I started giving them away, my load lightened, my countenance lightened. I felt like I could like actually enjoy them all. Look at Santa, wave at Santa, you know, go into the 50% off store or whatever. I felt like I could persist longer. And I'm wondering today how many of you guys, if you actually look at what you think about on a regular basis and what you worry about on a regular basis, is it something, number one, that you could do something about, number two, that you're in control of, or... Is it something that you have decided to worry about on your own rather than releasing the bags like I did at the mall to the Lord and saying, God, I trust you. I don't want to live so mentally weighted down any longer. I believe God right now is looking for those who will just release the weights and trust him. Last night before I went to bed, I, my husband and I, and we had like 10 minutes before I was like, I got to go to sleep. I was telling him about what I was thinking and what I was feeling and what I was just felt weighted down by. And he looked at me and he goes, which one of those things are you in control of? This is my husband talking to me. And it just made me a little mad, but because I knew he was right, I wasn't in control of any of them. I couldn't do anything about any of them. And he looked at me and he goes, you need to trust the Lord and you need to go to sleep in a very nice way. I'm saying it a lot harsher. He's a very nice person. He wouldn't be harsh with me, but he was right. So as he rolled over and started snoring, I laid there and I just said, you know what, Lord, I trust you no matter what. No matter what, I trust you. And I want to read this to you today. This is from Streams in the Desert. You guys ask me all the time where I do my devotions from. Streams in the Desert. It's a very old book. It's a compilation of a lot of theologians and pastors' words. Love it, love it, love it. And of course, I had that conversation with my husband last night, and I get up today and read this. It says this, an eminent Christian worker tells of his mother who was very anxious and troubled Christian. He would talk with her by the hour, trying to convince her of the sinfulness of fretting. We don't want to say it's a sin to fret and worry, but it is. But to no avail. She was like the old lady who once said she suffered so much, especially from the trouble that never came. But one morning, the woman came down to breakfast wreathed in smiles. He asked her what happened, and she told him in the night that she had a dream. 
She was walking along a highway with a great crowd of people who seemed so tired and so burdened. They were nearly all carrying little black bundles, and she noticed that there were numerous repulsive-looking beings, which she thought were demons, dropping these black bundles for the people to pick up and carry. This is fascinating to me. Like the rest, she too had her needless load and was weighted down with the devil's bundles. Looking up after a while, she saw a man with a bright and loving face passing hither and thither. This was written a long time ago, so the English is very different. Through the crowd, and he was comforting the people. At last, she saw that it was her savior. She looked up and told him how tired she was. And he smiled sadly and said, my dear child, I did not give you these loads. You have no need of them. They are the devil's burdens and they are wearing out your life. Drop them. Refuse to touch them with one of your fingers and you will find the path easy and you will be as if born on eagle's wings. He touched her hand and lo, peace and joy thrilled her front frame And flinging down her burden, she was about to throw herself at his feet in joyful thanksgiving when suddenly she woke up and found that all of her cares were gone. From that day to the close of her life, she was the most cheerful and happy member of the household. What are you carrying that God has not asked you to carry? You need to drop it just like I did those bags. You need to give it to the Lord and you need to say, I am going to trust you from here on out. Those are my opening thoughts. Catch me right back here after the break. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. This is what I want to ask you today, just very plain and simple. Do you take all that God has for you? Do you take all, everything that God has for you? Now, most of us don't. I actually don't think anyone in history has actually taken everything that God has has for them. And I want to challenge you today as you are facing whatever you are facing, that there is so much more of God that you might be missing out on just because you don't discipline yourself or believe that he can actually conquer whatever it is that you're facing. 
There is so much of God that is available to us that he makes available to us in order to help us in our day-to-day life, no matter what it is that you're facing. And I want you guys to understand this Christmas season, Jesus Christ was the greatest gift that we will ever receive because God made himself available to us. So, I want you to ask yourself, think of what you're facing today. Think of what's going on in your life. Think of what is mentally stressing you out, like I just talked about in the monologue, and ask yourself this, am I taking my full inheritance that is available to me to help combat whatever it is that you're facing? Ask yourself that. I want to read a passage of scripture to you. It's in Isaiah 7. It's fascinating to me. I love it. Isaiah 7 says this. Now it came to pass in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, that Rezin, the king of Aram, and Pekah, the son of Remaliah. Hang with me. These names are like crazy. Like there's a name for your kid, Remaliah. There you go. You can name him that. You're welcome. The king of Israel, they went up to Jerusalem to wage war against it, but they could not conquer it. Now hang with me. When it was reported to the house of David saying, The Armenians have camped in Ephraim. His heart and the hearts of his people shook as the trees of the forest shake with the wind. I'm going to go back and talk about and clarify in just a second. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, go out to meet with Ahaz, you and your son Shub, that is the dude's name, at the end of the conduit of the upper pool on the highway to the fuller's field and say to him, this is what I want you to say to Ahaz, take care and be calm, have no fear and do not be faint hearted because of these two stubs of smoldering firebrands on account of the fierce anger of Rezin and Aram and the son of Remaliah. Hang with me. Because Aram with Ephraim and the son of Remaliah has planned evil against you saying, let us go up against Judah and terrorize it and make for ourselves a breach in the wall and set up the son of Tabeel as king in the midst of it. Thus, this is Isaiah, says the Lord God, it shall not stand nor shall it come to pass. For the head of Aram is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is Rezin, and the head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is the son of Remaliah. If you will not believe, you will surely not last. Now, I want to put that in a nice little bow for you. Here we have Ahaz, who has been presented with a great threat, okay? There are all sorts of people that are coming up against him, and they want to completely destroy him. 
he was terrified. As a matter of fact, it says in verse two, Isaiah seven, verse two, when they heard it, him and his people shook as the trees of the forest shake with the wind. They were literally shaking, terrified because of this report that they had heard that there was a group of people that were going to come and take over the land. They were terrified. They did not know what to do because they knew that they would be successful if they actually did it. They were so terrified and God in his mercy saw that they were so terrified that God through Isaiah says, I want you to go out and meet Ahaz. He's freaking out. Okay, that's modern day language. He is freaking out. And this is what I want you to say to him. Be calm. Have no fear. Do not be faint hearted because of these two stubs of smoldering firebrands. Basically, they're like hot air. They're just blowing off hot air, telling you that they're, they're going to do something that I am not going to allow. He says in verse seven, thus says the Lord God, it shall not stand, nor shall it come to pass. Now, this should encourage everyone. They heard a report. God said, I know you're hearing this report. I know you're hearing that there are several people that are going to come wage war against you. But hear what I say. Be calm. Don't fear. It's not going to happen. It's not going to come to pass. I don't know about you, but just in this first portion of this passage, we have heard a lot of reports of a lot this year. And maybe you've heard a report of total destruction in your life. Maybe it's a doctor's report or maybe for those of you that are in college, maybe it's like a, a report card and your report card doesn't look very good this year. Maybe you, you have heard a report that someone is gossiping about you. Maybe you've heard a report that your significant other is cheating on you or whatever it is. It is just a report. It's just a report. God has the final word. And sometimes we can get so caught up in the news or what we see on social media or what a friend says. And it's just a report. It's not actual fact quite yet. We haven't, well, maybe a report card is actual fact, but a doctor's report may be what the doctor is seeing, but is it the final word from the Lord? Sometimes we get so fearful by these reports and we get so stuck in this mental game of these reports that we forget who has the final word. And God through Isaiah is telling Ahaz here, listen, I know what you've heard. I know you're terrified. I know you don't know what's going to happen. I know you're kind of freaking out because they will overcome you if they come up against you. But do not be faint hearted because of these two stubs of smoldering firebrands. It's just a report. I am at work. He actually says in verse seven, like I read before, it shall not stand, nor shall it come to pass. I think somebody needs to hear that today. I remember when I got the report about my adoption, we got the report that the birth mother to the babies that we originally were matched with 
we were told that we were going to adopt identical twin baby girls out of Atlanta. And then we got a report that the woman wasn't actually pregnant. She was scamming us. And I remember the Lord speaking to me, and I, I remember getting very uh, upset. And this I'm, I've talked about very, very openly, but the Lord spoke so clearly to me. And he said, I know this is what you've heard, but I'm at work and I have the final word. And of course, a couple of years later, we adopted Moses in Haven. He was at work. He did have the final word. I remember when my brother got in his motorcycle accident and he got a report, a report from the doctor. You are going to be paralyzed in your right arm for the rest of your life. The nerves are severed. There's nothing we can do. It was a report. But God had the final word. I will never forget the night that I prayed Ezekiel 37 over his arm and his arm started moving when the report said his nerves were severed and it was impossible. We get so wrapped up in a report. And there was truth. These people were coming to wage war. But God always has the final word. David is a worship leader at his church and plays worship all the time with his right arm that the report said was going to be paralyzed. It's amazing how we will hear something and it will take us to a reality that factors God completely out of it. It's amazing how we will believe the report over the concrete word of the Lord. It's amazing how we will crumble in fear based on a report rather than taking that report to the Lord and saying, God, this is what I've heard. Now, what are you going to do? We can fall under the weight of that report or we can take it to the Lord God Almighty that is all powerful that has all might, that is in control, whose kings of this world, their hearts are in the hands of the Lord. He has ultimate authority to say this, it shall not stand, nor shall it come to pass. I don't know about you, but in the day and age that we live in, I need to hear that. I need to hear that from my mind. That yes, the reports are there and they're they're so loud. And you know, you look at the news and you hear everything that they're talking about. And you, you know, it's hard not to get caught up in the drama of the report. But you've got to remember that we have access to all of God's power through his son Jesus and through his spirit. And when we get a report, we have the opportunity to take and claim the full inheritance that God gave us when we became his children. He goes on, I want to get to this because this is amazing. Verse 10 says this, the Lord then spoke to Ahaz. And you know, sometimes I feel like, you know, God gives us a word and then we still get scared. I've got this word, but can I trust it? Was it me? Did I eat bad pizza? Did I eat my burrito wrong? Or, you know, is it heartburn? Do I need a Tom's? No, it was the word of the Lord. 
But we're so feeble in our minds sometimes that we trust how we feel over what God said. And I feel like God in this passage of scripture in Isaiah 7, I feel like he, he saw how Ahaz was still scared. You know, sometimes you you get a word from the Lord and he does say, listen, it's not going to stand and you're good for like a second. You're good for like a day. You're good for like two hours. And then you hear it again or you let your mind wander and you're still nervous. I think this is where Ahaz was in this passage. Verse 10, it says this, then the Lord spoke again to Ahaz. He wanted to calm him down again. And he said, ask for a sign for yourself from the Lord, your God. Ask for a sign for yourself from the Lord, your God. Make it as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. Sometimes God wants to do a little bit more for us than just tell us it's going to be okay. Sometimes he wants to show us. We see that throughout scripture. We see that Gideon did this. He laid out the fleece. He gave it to Noah. I mean, there's all sorts of stories of God giving us a sign. But I think it's so amazing that God got down on Ahaz's level and almost gave him a hug, verbal hug, saying, listen, I see you're still scared. So ask me for a sign. Make it as high as heaven, as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. Ask me for a sign. Everything's going to be okay. And I want to show you. I don't just want to tell you. I want to show you. Do you know that we serve a God that loves us so much that wants to completely calm our hearts? You know, we serve a God that is so intimately acquainted with where we are mentally that he would move heaven and earth to show you how present he is. That's what he did for Ahaz. Before I move on to the next couple of verses, I want to say, I feel like God wants to do that for you too. Have you heard a report that's terrified you? Has the Lord spoken to you and you're still scared? Ask him for a sign. He did that for Ahaz. Listen, it's God's prerogative whether he gives you one or not. But we can ask our father to confirm what he said. Ahaz goes on in verse 12 and he says this, but Ahaz says, I will not ask nor will I test the Lord. Just makes me want to have a conversation with Ahaz. Come on, you moron. God is saying, I'll give you a sign. No matter what it is, I want to calm your heart. And Ahaz is so self-righteous and conceited and prideful. Back to the Lord, he says, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Oh, congratulations, Ahaz, on your righteousness. Congratulations. Really, really good. Makes me so mad the way he responded to the Lord. When God humbled himself enough to say, I'll give you a sign. And he said, I will not ask. I will not test the Lord. Well, congratulations, you big moron. Then he said, listen now, O house of David, is it too slight a thing for you to try the patience of men? Then you will also try the patience of God as well. Then the Lord gets mad. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Don't be so self-righteous like Ahaz. 
that when God offers you something to calm your heart, you turn around and disrespect his request. The Lord got so mad. He was like, okay, I'm going to give you a sign. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you my promises. And I'm going to show you in the form of a little baby who's going to come forth from a virgin whose name will be Emmanuel. Right here, God gave Ahaz the opportunity to ask anything from him and to take all he was offering, and Ahaz turned him down. And I wonder today, in whatever it is that you're facing, maybe you've got a report, maybe you've also got a word, but maybe you're struggling to believe that word from the Lord. Take all that God is offering. Ask him for a sign. If he doesn't give you one, that's up to him. But why not ask? There's so much God that is available to us, and yet we deprive ourselves of it, and we focus on the report rather than the power. Sure enough, there was a virgin who had a son, and his name was Emmanuel, our Savior, Jesus Christ. God with us. Uh, I hope this encourages you today. Catch me right after the break with a question from one of you. What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve rather than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply, but God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of His reach to use and redeem all things for His purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab the biblical harlot and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get a copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the Books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, guys, I am back. I hope that encouraged you today. God's Word is so good. It is so good. And it is there for us 24-7 to encourage us. I've got a question from one of you out there. And just a reminder, we want to hear your questions. I want to hear from you. I love, 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 love you guys. I want to hear from you. Email me a question at hello at autumnmiles.com or you can DM me on our social media sites. This question today comes from Aaron and I love it and I'm obsessed with it and I feel like this is just going to resonate with this whole show. Aaron says this, what do you do when you simply get tired of having faith? Oh, how real is that, you guys? I grew up a Christian and know God, but sometimes my faith just feels tired. Oh my goodness, Aaron. I feel like everyone listening says, 
hallelujah and amen, because I just feel like that's kind of the state of where so many people are today. We're humans. We're not God. We're human. So clearly we are going to get tired of believing at times. We're going to struggle with believing at times. God knows that. This passage of scripture I want to read to you, and then I want to follow up with a couple of points. God says this, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I have given Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in your place, since you are precious in my sight, since you are honored and I love you. I wanted to read this passage of scripture because I feel like when we go through the waters, that's when our faith gets weak or feeble. When we go through the rivers, We feel like we're going to be overwhelmed and we feel like they're going to overthrow us. When we walk through the fire, sometimes we can walk through a fire so long that we start wondering if God has forsaken us. And right here, God tells us, I'm going to be right there with you in the fire. I'm going to be right there with you as you walk through the rivers. They're not going to overflow you. Let me tell you this. I think we have to give ourselves grace to understand that sometimes we're going to have bad days. Sometimes we're going to have seasons where our faith is weak. I think you need to give yourself the grace that maybe you give other people. And it's in those seasons that we have a decision to make. We can fall into the doubt category where we start doubting God will, or we can get into the word just like in Isaiah 43. And we can, sometimes it might even take several days, a week, maybe even a month. We can discipline ourselves to feed ourselves from the meat of God's word, which will, it will rejuvenate our faith and our belief because we're feeding ourselves from the word of the living God. When my faith feels really tired and really weary, and I just feel like, I just can't believe today. I need someone else to believe for me. I do just that. A lot of times I'll leave my house and I'll go and I'll be alone and I will listen to one of my favorite worship songs and I'll get in the word of God. And I will in that moment tell God this, I don't feel like having faith today. So today I'm going to choose to believe that you are operating on my behalf. Feelings can lie to us. We've got to, in days when our faith feels weak, decide we are going to believe no matter what, because we know that God's word is true. And Aaron, you know that, especially if you grew up in the church. I hope this helps you guys today. I love, 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 love you. Catch me right back here next week for a fresh version of the Autumn Miles Show right here on my podcast. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, 
Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of The Autumn Miles Show. (laughs) 